Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Forward Thinking Podcast. It's Chrissy here from CS2. Today, we have two guests on. Um, I'm really excited. We're going to be talking about the Mops and Sops power couple. For So for those of you who don't know what Mops and Sops is, it's marketing ops and sales ops, but I feel like for everyone who listens, you should already know that. Um, so we have two awesome guests who actually work together at the same company. So we have Veronica Lazavarich, who's the marketing ops lead, um, and then Doris Hu, who's the director of sales ops, and they both work at Alma. Um, so I'm super excited to have them on today to talk about how Mops and Socks and Sops can really work together to just drive change and, um, you know, work harmoniously, which can sometimes be a challenge. So thank you both for being on the podcast. Thanks for having Thanks us. For having us. Yeah. I said mops and socks, which is actually pretty funny. <laughs> I'm like, is that a mom like brain slip? You just think about like laundry and cleaning. <laughs> we can make it work. I like it. Well, um, so we always start the podcast to kind of get a little bit of an origin story. Most people fell into this role. So um, just want to have you both kind of discuss how you got into marketing ops or sales ops. So um, Veronica, I'll let you start first. Awesome. Thank you, Chrissy. Um, so I have been in the marketing ops space for about seven years now, moving from startup to enterprise, and now I'm back to startup. Um, I'm based in Spain, so living in the future, um, six <laughs> hours ahead of uh, Doris and uh, I think we've been working together for more than a year. And I started in MOPS like, like most of the people who started MOPS by accident. Uh, I was working with ad networks and audiences at a company when they onboarded Marketo. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember everyone being so excited of all the things we could do now with Marketo. And, and my manager showed me the tool thinking, that I would be good at it. And um, at core, I was doing the same work. So building segmentation, creating audiences, just not in Facebook or LinkedIn, but in Marketo. Um, and then I soon learned how powerful Marketo is. I went on and became certified, became admin of that instance. And later I became Marketo champion. Uh, just recently, Alma won the Adobe Experience Maker Award. So, oh, nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I like to think that, or maybe I, it, it's, it's a joke I like to tell, that I didn't choose this path, but it chose me. <laughs> yeah, as it does for, I think, a lot of people. What about you, Doris? Yeah, for me, it's... it's Similarly, in a sense where it was not a direct journey to sales ops, I studied finance and marketing in my undergrad. Okay. And from there, you know, we never heard of sales ops. And at that time, it was there was very few tech companies recruiting on campus. So I chose to start my career that was like as broad as possible. So I started out um, doing management consulting just to get that breadth of experience. Mm. And that's where I started to learn more about what excites me to come to work every day and like what problem space I like to be working in. Mm -hmm. And that's how I found the operations space 
the operations space. And because it was project-based, I was able to gain exposure to like many different areas of operation, be it finance, accounting, fulfillment, legal ops, people ops, and as well as sales. But after some time, I realized consulting wasn't for me. I wanted to join a company where I can like roll up my sleeves and like build things and like see that direct impact that I wasn't able to get from my consulting experience. So it was about that time where a lot of my peers, a lot of my friends, they were joining startups and I'm like, that is so cool. So I wanted to join a startup too. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to get this startup experience, but I'm also quite risk averse. So I was thinking about finding that great balance and join a series C startup. So like C is a, is a good in between <laughs> yeah. on getting, getting that early stage experience, but also, um, it's like, has a good foundation. Yeah. They have money um, for tech or they might already <laughs> have the tech in place. You don't have to like exactly. work through Google docs or something. <laughs> Still some Google Docs. <laughs> still some, still <laughs> like, some, but you know, right. you're not managing your CRM maybe in one. <laughs> yes, no, no post-it management CRMs, uh, definitely not. So that's kind of like where I found that balance. And I was able to get that whole startup experience. There were some acquisitions, divestiture, some major reorgs, and which led to a major reorg that happened right before the pandemic started, mm. leading to a couple of layoffs. And that's when I was maybe overcorrecting. I'm like, let me go join a larger company again. But anyway, the king came back full circle and, and joined a startup, um, which is at Alma. But it was that first startup experience where I gained that first exposure to sales ops. I mean, we, we called it revenue ops at that time. And there I was working on the Salesforce instance, working with Salesforce data, as well as other growth data and helping out our sales and marketing teams uh, achieve their goal there. And that's when I realized I like sales ops because it is the intersection of all the operations problem set that I like. I like working on growth problems and also love working with data. So I felt that like sales ops was for me once I like found out what that team would, was called. <laughs> yeah. I think it takes, that's a, that's so funny. He's like, once I figured out what that team was called, because I think for a lot of, <laughs> I think a lot of people, they're like, well, I, you know, it happens a lot. I mean, my last, last week's podcast, I was talking to the CEO of Highway Education. We were just talking about how, you know, undergrads and stuff like you just don't even learn about marketing ops or sales ops. And I even studied mm -hmm. marketing and we never, never was mentioned. No. Right. And so uh, it takes kind of going into a certain space, like the B2B tech space, or even for you, Veronica was like, oh, hey, like we have this tool, you know, do you, I think you'd be good at it. Like that's kind of at people's foray. It's either through a tool or, you know, really just understanding, oh, hey, that, you know, that team's actually an intersection of the things I like, you know, with data, but also strategy and supporting people. And so, I, I, I love sharing these stories because I, you know, I hope listeners are, you know, who maybe aren't in MOPS or SOPS, like are understanding, oh, hey, this is something I can get into. But it's something that I think we all need to spread the word about because so much for folks coming into the workspace, they just don't know, you know, you just don't know that it exists. So, um, yeah, I, I love hearing those stories. Um, well, to, to get into it, uh, to the meat of it, I just want to first ask, you know, why is the partnership between MOPS and SOPS so important for the business? 
Yeah, that's uh, that's maybe my my favorite question already um, because I I love this partnership and I I think this is at the core of the business. I like to think that this uh, relationship is the revenue engine um, because we are the ones enabling sales, marketing, CX to build relationship with customers. Um, we can get all the teams on the same page uh, and we do so. We have many different ways. We provide the data at their fingertips. Uh, Doris and I often chat about you know, new fields or pick list values, what to display on a page layout, uh, where to build an integration or do we need an integration, uh, reports and dashboards that make sense and also that keep us honest in our work. Uh, so we are the guardians of the data, of the reporting, of the insights. We know where is the source of truth and how to action the data to make the decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, do we do more of a, of a campaign or do we increase the time someone sits on a cadence? Uh, we, we can answer these questions. And I also think uh, we are very well equipped to develop that path to revenue uh, by, by looking at the data, by forecasting, building the processes for go-to-market. Uh, we can basically set the, the direction for the business. Uh, I recently read a, a quote from Forrester that tells about businesses that align their revenue engines grow 15 times much faster than, than the ones who don't. Um, and at Alma, we definitely experience a lot of growth and I, I like to believe that it's also fueled by our partnership. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I agree because I think when you like one of the biggest pain points, like when you see the lack of alignment, it's just there's so much wasted time and effort and lack of visibility and people not working toward a common goal. And it would be like if you were on like a two person kayak and one of them's like paddling one way and the other one's going the mm -hmm. other way, like you're not going to go anywhere. Right. So having both of those teams be aligned to really get that boat, you know, the kayak, like the revenue team moving forward is is super important. But we do see a lot of the times that, you know, it may not be in place. So, you know, how can this improve or maybe hinder um, companies if they if they don't have the partnership? Maybe I'll hear from you, Doris. Yeah. So I think like aligning the growth or the revenue engine, it needs both MOPS and SOPS to create those conditions to help us um, grow and also retain our revenue. And with the two teams, we, we work with so many different stakeholders like Veronica mentioned growth marketing, demand generation, sales, and even the post sales team. Mm -hmm. And when we don't work well together, yeah, there are a lot of pain points there. One being there's more hacky solutions to solve mm -hmm. for team specific mm -hmm. needs. You know, if we're not getting support from the mop side on, on the SOP side, we have to just work with the within the constraints of the sales. Um, team to develop a hacky solution that might have just been better if we involved and had alignment with the MOPS mm -hmm. team. So increased technical depth there. Depth mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Then, 
then there's also a lot of time spent planning and resolving conflicting priorities, like having to uh, quote unquote, like fight for your initiative and also make sure that there's enough resources allocated to whichever project is, is a higher priority. There's without that alignment, there's just so much more time resolving some of those conflicting things that, that might come, come through. Yeah, I I, um, I like that you mentioned tech debt because we do have a past podcast that talks about that. But like the hacky solution, because you talk about sales within, but that happens to marketing ops a lot as well, right? Where they have just their work mm-hmm. automation platform, but really there could be a lot of things done on the other side. So like inversely, both teams end up hacking together some solutions because they just can't rely on each other. But sorry, I'll let you finish your your third piece. No, it, 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 it's exactly that. I think, you know, having the, to be able to pull in marketing ops, like, hey, how can we think about this problem more holistically and figure out like where that process and where that um, implementation needs to live is so helpful to us to kind of come up with the best possible solution within our company's constraints. And yeah, the, the last piece I want to mention was uh, the, another pain point is that when there are silos with the SOPs and MOPs team, it results in those unintended downstream effects. Like I make one change into our CRM and, and I don't tell the MOPs team. MOPs is like, what, what happened? And be, when there are those, those silos, there's there's a little bit more of those surprise factors that we, we just want to to minimize for sure. Yeah. You don't lose trust, right? Too, and it just becomes like it's, and it feels like it's always at like on Friday at three p.m. or something, and you're like, no, like <laughs> my weekend, <laughs> um, and you're spent like fixing it, and so um, like having that communication, I think is is t- totally key. One thing I wanted to ask, like. Do you both report into a RevOps function? And do you think that's like necessary to have this kind of alignment? Uh, I, I think I'll, I'll start with a hot take on this uh, question. Uh, so I think that a good working relationship is better than any organizational chart or plan on paper. Um, I was part of RevOps teams and worked in complete misalignment with sales ops. Uh, It had to do a lot with planning and and goal setting where RevOps was hyper-focused in supporting the sales org and then that took first seat always. this meant that marketing maybe had to wait four weeks on a, on a new field in CRM and uh, the projects were maybe reprioritized on and on. Um, that is not meant to say that working in a traditional setup is, is better. That can also be working in a silo. Um, but we are not part of RevOps uh, at the moment. We report into different departments. I report into marketing. Doris reports into the growth function. Uh, what we do have is good collaboration and we have the posts on the workload for both MOPs and SOPs. I would completely agree. I think some organizations may benefit from alignment to a RevOps function. Maybe they need help aligning, prioritizing, or like resolving some of those conflicts. But if there is that foundation of like good collaboration and that that we're able to plan 
together to align on those key goals and key priorities, it really doesn't matter on how we organize a team as long as we're, we're able to come, come together, collaborate um, to achieve our goals. Do you, um, how often are you, both of your teams meeting, like to just give each other updates and talk about your priorities? Just wondering, because I think that that plays a big role too, where people think alignment just happens through like asynchronous communication or some people just throwing up, you know, sending out an email, hey, we did this thing, but that's not real true alignment. How, how are you both kind of working together or how often are you meeting? So we meet every week. Uh, we set aside about 45 minutes uh, to talk about new initiatives, to talk about progress. And maybe our favorite part is to troubleshoot together. Like, here's what I see in, in Marketo. Here's what I see in Salesforce. Um, let's, let's troubleshoot it. Uh, let's give a solution. Let's close this ticket. And that, that's incredibly helpful because um, none of the functions are an afterthought. We make like that intentional effort to be inclusive of each other's uh, work and, and time to help solve a problem or a project. Yeah, I, I I think it's a good, I mean, this is a good example too, because you, you both are six hours apart and you're still making it work. You're still meeting weekly and, you know, there's, you still find the time to stay aligned. So that, I just wanted to make that note because I think a lot of, a lot of teams will kind of, you know, have this like, oh, it's, it's so much work, but really it, it's so much work to be misaligned, to like not have the collaboration. Mm -hmm. Also, you can leverage each other's skills so much more to just get one project. It's very rare you have a project where it's not touching your CRM, your market automation platform, you know, a sales engagement tool. So it would, it's so much work and so much harder to get things done. Um, on, on the same note, um, Veronica and then Doris, you can add on too, but how do you manage the planning and road mapping across your teams? Like when you go into really taking on a big project, like how do you decide what goes on to each of your team's roadmap or is it a shared roadmap? Yeah. So we work in a, a close partnership with marketing and sales. And I think the key for us is early visibility and involvement in planning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Throughout the quarter, we do hear of projects that the team wants to work on. We are aware what is coming. I don't think anything is a, a surprise or, uh, you know, getting our polls up. Uh, we are invited into department planning. And then I think our uh, role um, is to really identify dependencies. So as soon as we have a list of projects from leadership, we meet and maybe that takes two hours if it's a quarterly plan to just run this exercise of what do we need to make this project successful? Do we need a field or do we need an object? Mm -hmm. uh, do we need an integration or maybe just a formula field? So all these are questions that we are uh, answering. Maybe the leadership is not, you know, thinking about these things. Mm -hmm. And then there's, uh, you know, items uh, on our list that probably are not on the radar. Uh, maybe for me is database cleaning in Marketo. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe for Doris is moving some uh, workflows to flows. Mm -hmm. So we need to get those, you know, <laughs> we need to get those on the list too. So um, 
Of course, then we, we always uh, give feedback to our teams in terms of sizing the dependency and, and bandwidth and, and so on. Um, I would say that we also prioritize, uh, identify, you know, what is business crucial uh, and what is nice to have. And we keep that in mind when, when we tackle projects. And uh, <clears throat> one thing that maybe helps us a lot is uh, using the same project management mm. tool. So we use Asana and we both have a, a board. So there's a SOPS board and a MOPS board with a form attached to oh, it. I love that. Mm -hmm. And when we work, yeah, and, and we have visibility on each other's boards and we know what's coming. And when we work on, on a project together, then we can just, you know, mirror the card and we keep that information centralized. Yeah. For for you, Doris, because I know you're on you're on the sales upside and that sometimes can be a little bit unique for your stakeholders because you also have sales that you're working with or heads of sales. Like for your process, like do you also then send people to your forum in Asana and they go and put a request? Um, is that a bit harder to get people to stick to that process than maybe Veronica has with marketers or maybe used to a similar process mm. before? Yeah. For sure. I, I think, um, you know, we're a lot of our sales reps, if they come from companies from all, all different shapes and sizes, some prefer the whole slack, hey, Salesforce is down, what what is up? Um, <laughs> but definitely leveraging um, Asana for the most of our, for most of the requests that, that do come in, so that I can better keep track and keep organized of what things I need to escalate, what have we worked on, um, but there are those occasional Slack messages that, that, that do come in. And luckily, there's a integration between Slack and, and Asana. So I convert those into tasks so I'm able to better manage. And especially with a, with a growing sales ops team, like we are planning to hire more. It's faster that way to make sure that there is more, more uh, adoption of the Asana tool that we use. So that there, and the why is that we're able to address their um, tickets and concerns more, more quickly since they're reaching out to a broader group yeah, of people. I, I love that. That's great. I mean, I'm sure Veronica, you get a bunch of slacks as well, <laughs> but <laughs> no one is immune from getting the, the, the messages from every angle from the teams that you support, I'm sure. But I, I love that you also both have visibility into each other's boards and collaborating in kind of one area. Cause I think also a project management tool like Asana or ClickUp or anything that you're using can also be a great history of like a change log. You know, what happened last quarter or how many tickets did we complete? And um, you can actually see like productivity of, you know, okay, your start date, your end date, like you can see how long things took. But so, cause I, I think for small teams, for things like documentation or even just a simple thing as like a change log, which are probably good to have even separate from your um, collaboration tool, but it can almost operate as that history um, instead of creating more admin um, for teams, which can be really tough. Um, I wanna talk about alignment. So how, how do both teams um, help align marketing and sales like through technology? Um, so I'll let you start, Doris. Yeah, I'll speak up. I'll maybe tackle this question in in a more broad 
um, perspective. I think even just starting from like even selecting mm -hmm. the, the tool. So like our approach at Alma is that we like to use like the best in class tools for whatever purpose we are um, needing to find a, a solution for. And we definitely consolidate where it makes sense, but we are not afraid of just introducing a new tool into our tech stack. And the main reason for this is that we we want to be we want to move faster. We want to find tools that are like more effective and also take advantage of any new innovations in mm -hmm. that technology space. So we have a large tech stack to manage. So it's it's super important for the owners of, our, of that tech stack to align with each other so that we are able to align with the, the marketing and, and sales teams. And like in vendor selection, that might look like we're, we're both reviewing the RFPs and the technical documentation to ensure that the use cases that our stakeholders are looking to, to build out for can be met. And by having like Veronica's brain and my brain together, we can read and, and review those capabilities to, and do some high level solutioning so that we can see and, and sign off on, mm, on new mm -hmm. tools. So like, for example, we had this new tool that we wanted to um, evaluate where we're managing the community of our Alma membership. So we were both pulled in to evaluate like how can this proposed tool work with our existing tech stack and solve certain use cases such as being able to send emails out if so-and-so has not logged in into the community tool or has not engaged in that community tool. So we're able to do that review and that quick solutioning to say like, hey, if they go through Marketo and then they go through Salesforce and then they go through this tool, we will be able to um, solve for that use case. We also um, collaborate and align where it comes to um, to tool implementation. So it's like working together to design a, a more comprehensive solution to, to figure out like, hey, should this live in the, the market, should this integrate with the Marketo or should this integrate with Salesforce? Um, and we're able to design a, a very comprehensive solution because we're coming from and have expertise on both sides of the business. Baraka's bringing her marketing um, experience and like saying this will impact her teams in that way i'm bringing the sales experience where i'm like this would impact the sales team in this way and together we work together to figure out a comprehensive solution that takes into account the various scenarios that might be impacting both teams and again with both of ours um tech stack together we're able to better solution design and have those like less hacky solutions and an example of this is that we, we were about to launch this new referral tool. We initially planned for it to integrate with, with Salesforce, but that mm. integration didn't work. So we had to shift gears and luckily Marketo's integration with that tool worked well. So then we're able to just quickly troubleshoot and, and change paths if needed. That's great. It, anything, oh, yeah. go ahead, Veronica. And I was gonna ask you, yeah, did you wanna add yeah. anything? Yeah, that, that was actually a very good example. Um, I think that Doris in general helps a ton with sales enablement uh, via marketing data. Just uh, an example I have is uh, she always advocates for Marketo Sales Insights usage. Uh, actually, we love MSI Rauma 
Doris is helping with coaching the sales team, how to use it, what data points to look at and uh, increasing uh, that, that piece for us. Thank you, Doris. <laughs> every every mobs person on here is like, where can I find a Doris? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Veronica is the, For both the of you, I think they're sure. like, wow, look at this. Yeah, I love that we could talk about a power couple because all the, it's just so complimentary for both of you. And I think, it, you know, you want to have that support, right? It's like all the time you're like, I need to have a champion on the sales side or I need to have a champion on the marketing side. Like we need to work more closely together. And But you both are really looking at things like holistically together, but also knowing that, okay, you know, Veronica's, you know, implementation of XYZ, you know, I'm putting these insights to sales into MSI. Well, that's not going to be useful unless someone's actually still reiterating, like, this is how you use it. And this is why it's important. And when you already have the relationship with sales, you can push that through so much easier. And so um, I think a lot of teams will just be like, well, that's your thing. This is my thing. We'll kind of just like do it. But when it comes to enablement, I think even figuring out which teams can just support on the enablement as a shared goal, you know, as a shared, uh, you know, responsibility is great. Like it just feels like you just have so much more support in making whatever you're doing successful. Um, one thing I want to talk about, well, the next thing, I think this is, um, a tricky topic for a lot of, a lot of our clients too. It's it's a where we do a lot of work recently is around building some analytics frameworks for the revenue team because so many times teams are looking at different sets of data, the wrong data, they're like misaligned. So, um, how do both teams support the analytics framework across the revenue team? Yeah, I would say specifically for the sales and marketing teams, we care the most about the sales funnel. And for us, it's the, the path from a lead to executing a contract with the mental health provider. And because of that data, it's coming from various sources. Our, like the Mops and Zops team owns all of that data together because there are instances where, let's say for our lead data, Mops manages our inbound lead data primarily, and then our SOPS team, we're managing some of the outbound lead data, MQLs are owned by MOBS, and then opportunity management is owned by SOPS. So like together, we puzzle and piece together the full sales funnel. But in our instance, like what we try to do is that at least for the sales funnel, we try to have that in one central location. And for our purposes, it's in, in Salesforce. So by having the entire sales funnel in Salesforce, we're able to provide that data liquidity so that anyone is able to, to run that data. Um, and we acknowledge like which one is the source of truth so that if there are any discrepancies, yes, we'll, we'll investigate. And we're not saying like, hey, Salesforce is right. Or like when Marketo is right, it's more like the conversation is more about, okay, why was there a, a data, mm, data yeah. gap? When it comes to your reporting, what, what reporting do both teams look at? And then I, I know you, you have your reports in uh, Salesforce, especially on the sales funnel, but what reporting are both teams looking at? And then do you give these insights to like the full revenue team or just certain departments? Like how does that look right now? Yeah, 
Yeah. So from a day-to-day reporting and monitoring, like I mentioned, the, the sales funnel, and we want everyone to have that data on the sales funnel. We're not li- limiting it so that it's only for like we're piecing to get piecing certain parts of that data mm-hmm. and only sharing it with specific teams. We want everyone to have this data so that they are thinking more holistically and so that they're more aligned to the main goal, which is to drive revenue. I uh, I have a past experience where I was working with a marketing team and their OKR was the number of mm-hmm. um, increasing the number of MQLs. And they were very razor focused on that goal and sometimes at the expense of quality. So then they may be bringing in a large volume of MQLs, but mm-hmm. they're certainly not yeah. converting as much. For Alma, like our marketing team, like they do monitor MQL volume as well as lead volume, but they're completely fine to like miss the MQL target if maybe we are converting more deals and close closing more opportunities. So I think having that metrics be available to everyone, it starts to build that muscle on how to review those metrics more holistically and align it to the ultimate company goal, which is to create more revenue. Yeah, and uh, I would add that one thing uh, that I uh, I really love uh, and Doris works on a lot is the monthly business review, uh, which is like a breakdown of the goals for the month, how far we are, and then this is shared uh, with the leadership, with marketing and sales, and everyone has access. And then in terms of more specific reporting, on the marketing side, we keep a close eye on our database. Uh, that's our you know, treasure. So we, we report on the growth, on the volume of emails, bounce, unsubscribes, all the, the fun stuff. Um, and then this report is shared with, with all marketing, but also with Doris. And uh, there's a lot of value in uh, getting her eyes on that and identifying trends and answering questions. Yeah. I love that. I, I like that, Doris, you mentioned the marketing team, like and the whole revenue team looking at revenue. Because <laughs> uh, I agree with you. I think that, you know, we, ever, we always say like what gets measured gets managed so like if you are it's okay to have an mql goal in mind mm-hmm. it's okay to see that data as leading indicators but you're right when when those teams are just like here's your goal it's mqls and then you look to sales like here's your goal it's opportunities for sdrs and for sales it's you know revenue it it becomes like so disjointed because at the end of the day the thing that drives the business is revenue right and so um, the, when you'll just create behaviors in some cases that are just like moving toward these disjointed goals, which then creates lack of alignment again. So I when hearing that you both are, you both, but like your teams are looking at the same numbers, the same dashboard to, for the health of the business, and then reviewing those monthly and having that come from like a central source, I think is super important. That's something that I did before uh, when I worked in house <laughs> uh, back in the day. Um, but you know, then take some of those insights now to clients to say like what value it can bring, and just just having that shared goal or shared way of tracking things can then create alignment from the leadership level, which then can create alignment between their sub teams. So. 
I think people underestimate how important just even goals are to keeping um, folks aligned. So I know both of you support the, um, you know, different sales machines. So from an inbound perspective and outbound sales, how do you split the responsibilities of things like lead flow or lead routing, you know, tracking the handoffs and sales process? Like, because some, sometimes marketing ops can kind of own a big chunk of that, but then sales ops, you know, might take everything from opportunity on. How do you both handle that um, at Alma? Yeah. Well, as a general rule, um, like we, we we try not to do it from processes, and I'll, and I'll explain why in a bit. We primarily split the responsibilities by like which technologies are influenced or are impacted by that process. So like if the responsibility might involve tools that we both manage and we collaborate, if it's only like on the Marketo side or only on the Salesforce side, then we will work on it um, respectively. So the reason why we don't do it by processes is that we all, as a, as a growing company, we, we introduce new processes and mm. sometimes processes can be a little bit messy and having it be split across by certain processes, there's just gonna be a greater need for more documentation so that we have those explicit alignment of roles and responsibilities. Whereas if we organize by technology, it's like, I know that when I'm doing this this initiative, mm. I'll need to pull in mops for, for yeah. this segment of it and, and vice versa. For something like, say there's a lead routing request or something, and yeah. or you're gonna operationalize like, you know, a field for a, like a lead flow, like how does that kind of like work today so like veronica if you're getting something maybe from the marketing side but then it really impacts mm -hmm. kind of doris on the salesforce side or maybe both like do you just kind of meet immediately to talk through like what needs to be done like how do you kind of handle when that you know comes up do you solution together um just want to kind of paint a picture for folks of like a real example of day-to-day -day, like how you would tackle something like that Yeah, definitely. So if there's so I mean one example could be oh go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, Doris. Go ahead, okay. girl. Um I, I think if it's a business critical, so something that stops the business from from going, like maybe the form's not working, leads not coming through to sales, um, we would definitely ping each other and uh if it's a major problem, we would jump on a call. I um we both are trained in each other's system. So I am Salesforce certified. I can, you know, find my way in Salesforce, find out if there's something. And I go to Doris with a specific problem if I find it. My goal is to make her job easier. Uh, that's how I see it. And, uh, and Doris can uh, log into Marketo. She knows where to find processes. She can read the activity log, uh, which is a treasure. Uh, for us in marketing ops, we have that activity log that points us to problems. And uh, I know Doris can uh, also access from MSI. So as she's a champion of Marketo Sales Insights, she, she knows where to look to find Marketo data. So I think it's working uh, pretty well, even if there's a fire and we, we're not that busy with fires, I would say. Okay. Yeah. 
I'll add on that. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to firefighting, which we, we often do, we have to really think about like which ones is, is, a, is a true fire and, and which one is not. If it's a true fire and, a, and, a, and one that needs both of our attention, then like, yes, we will we'll get together and, and solve for it. But if it's something that can wait, we, we do it through the, the, the typical processes through our sauna boards and whatnot. And it, it's clear where mm-hmm. and who owns what part of that problem, like for or that request. Like for example, if it's routing our MQLs to our inbound BDRs to our AEs, for Veronica, it's, she's mm-hmm. making sure that there's updates to that record to ensure that there is that proper handoff. We know what campaigns they are a part of, and that takes place in Marketo. So Vero owns that side of it. And then it's my team's responsibility to then route it to the inbound BDR or the AE. And because of because I manage the those processes in Salesforce and Chili Piper, yeah. which is another Salesforce. Cool. Well, thanks for use. adding that. Um, I, I think that paints like a, a good picture for folks. Um, so one thing I love to ask guests is what people are doing wrong <laughs> when it comes to the topic. So what do you think uh, orgs are doing wrong when it comes to uh, mops and SOPs working closely together or staying aligned? Yeah, I think we, we mentioned quite a few and uh, I think there are uh, many sources of uh, mops memes you around from all these things that can go wrong. Um, one that I see often is planning in a silo, so not having no roadmap visibility, uh, not sharing the items between teams or having the dependency scoping that I talked about earlier. Um, I also been involved personally with duplicating work. So I was looking for a dupe tool uh, to solve for the uh, marketing dupes. And my later on, I found the uh, sales ops were looking at dupe tools to find, to, you know, solve the, the CRM dupe. So definitely wasting time there. <laughs> um, and then, you know, visibility issues. Um, I hear about teams working in different project management tools. So how do you do a handoff? How do you transfer that data? Um, and uh, maybe the biggest one would be what Doris talked about, uh, having different KPIs or maybe conflicting goals, uh, measuring that volume of, of MQLs for marketing and sales has another uh, goal. Um, yeah, I would say that not having SLAs is also a, a big issue that I see or including each other in that SLA. So if I have a, a request, I know that Doris needs time to maybe build a field or give me a report that I need for, for my project. And uh, single source of truth, another one that you know, it's uh, creating a lot of work, like we're looking at different numbers, uh, I see success, you see failure, uh, then then how do you find that, that uh, <laughs> what's, what's the number, what do you give you know, to, the, to the board? Uh, if you see different conflicting information. Um, And maybe we didn't talk that much about documentation, but I I think that's a big one too. Uh, So if we invest the time, and we do, because we have uh, marketing playbooks and sales playbook, um, then then we help our teams and not 
doing that is definitely creating chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Documentation is key. It's like one of the hardest things for people to do um, and manage and maintain. And it can be a bit of a pain, but it's so useful. Like, and not only for your, your, the teams now, but your future self training, onboarding, like it's just so useful. Uh, but sharing the documentation or making sure that it's enabled the right way across the teams, I think is super important. Um, well, we have a few minutes left and then um, maybe just any final piece of advice that we didn't talk through. I maybe just want to hammer home. I think one of the keys to our great collaboration is that we we understand each other's side of the business. It's not that we need to have a full understanding. Like I don't understand everything that Veronica does in, in Marketo. She it'll, it'll take me years, but and, and Veronica might not understand all, all the different actions that might might happen on the sales side. But it's like having a good under, enough understanding, and having that and gaining that understanding it could be fun and interesting like i bet any sops mm-hmm. person would find it interesting in learning about the moth side of the world and and vice versa totally. because there are just similar problem sets there yeah i i think for me um it's really like like you said chrissy uh, taking the time to invest in the relationship uh getting on on the weekly call uh, troubleshooting together, uh, work through the tickets. There's there's a lot of value in teaming up to solve problems and brainstorm too. Um, and uh, I, I mentioned that I'm CRM certified, and I did this a few years back, and it was a great investment to understand that extension to the marketing data. And uh, I I really enjoy you know going into CRM and uh, going to Doris with specific examples and uh, sharing with her what what I find and I know then it's helpful from there on she's the expert so anyone who's in marketing would benefit from getting CRM certified I think that's a good point because I think even um I mean if your CRM is Salesforce or HubSpot there's even just a lot of training and documentation out there so if you don't want to do the full admin cert on each side, right? Or like HubSpot and Marketo. Marketo is a little bit harder to get certified for whatever reasons. But if you're working at a company with it, you can get it. But doing kind of like even some trailheads and, um, you know, on the lead and contact opportunity object account, like as a MOPS person. So you're just kind of, you know, comfortable and familiar with what can happen, you know, can be done. Or you mentioned flows, right? Like, Salesforce is moving away from workflows and process builder and stuff like that. So flows open up a world of, you know, things that you can do in a very like, um, like less resource heavy way than I think some other stuff. So that could even be a place to look at. And it just makes your request to the other team just make more sense, right? Like they, you have like an idea of what really can be done before you even go to them. Um, and, and then vice versa. So staying interested in the complementary tools or the roles and responsibilities, I think is important. It might open up an opportunity for a, a different role one day, right? You might work within both or lead a team of both. Like say you do want to go into revenue ops and lead a revenue ops team. So it's just keeping, staying curious, staying kind of uh, trained on both sides, I, I think is 
uh, super important. And I both you learn, I bet you both learn from each other a lot every day, which is also dual benefit of having that alignment. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, both of yeah, you, for being for sure. on the podcast. Um, we'll be sharing uh, Doris and Veronica's LinkedIn profile so you can go and connect with them. And if you have a question about anything that they said on the podcast, um, you know, go there and connect. I'm sure they don't mind having a, a message, although I apologize if you get too many messages. <laughs> um, but this was so informative. I, I loved this uh, episode. I, I thought it was so great. So uh, if uh, if you have anyone on your team or colleague or friend that would be interested, please share this episode of Forward Thinking. Um, and if you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to leave us a, a review. We really appreciate it. So uh, thank you so much, everyone. And we'll see you next time on Forward Thinking. Thanks.